to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Chris Craddock. And a little bit about Chris, he is the founder and CEO of the Redux Group, a nationally acclaimed real estate team. He is also the host of the Uncommon Real Estate Podcast, a realtor, real estate investor, and coach and entrepreneur who runs multiple successful businesses in the Washington, D.C. metro area. And his real estate team holds over $150 million worth of real estate in 2020. And he's also been married for 20 years and is a proud father of six. So welcome to the show, Chris. How are you doing? Hey, good. Glad to be here. Excited about uh, spending some time with you. Thank you. Same here, Chris. So if you'd love to be able to give a little bit more about your background for listeners and how you got started in real estate. Yeah. So I got married fresh out of college in 2000 and 2003, my wife got pregnant and I was working for an organization called Young Life. I loved Young Life. It was awesome. Changed my life, but I was making like $20,000 a year in the DC area. And anybody that knows the DC area knows that you can't live on $20,000 a year here. And so honestly, I just went to the library, checked out every book I could on investing and started knocking on doors, as many doors as I could. People that are going to foreclosure because they were in distress and found people that needed to sell and very short process, but a lot of figuring it out. You know, I made 12 times what I made in a year in the next four months. And through that process, I continued doing ministry work. I always led large teams. I went back to school. I got a doctorate in leadership because I love leading people. I love helping people accomplish great goals. And as I had more and more kids, I ended up getting to a place where I needed to, yeah, I just needed to make more money because I couldn't afford to you know, be in ministry with, with that many kids in the way that we were doing it. And so I started flipping houses again. I got my real estate license. And because I'd always loved large groups of people, I ended up reading uh, Gary Keller's book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. And it was a blueprint to net seven figures to take home over a million dollars a year in uh, real estate and residential real estate. Well, I got a couple of years in and we were growing really fast. And I realized I came from the investor world. And there were just so much, so many deals being left on the table from investors that uh, where people just didn't fit their buy box. They paid for these leads. People were going to sell. Somebody's getting paid when they sell. It's just not them. And so I found a way to kind of mesh the two. And honestly, it just supercharged our business. It, it made our business go from, from being good and profitable to ridiculously profitable really, really, really quick. And, and not only were we making a lot of money, but we we're helping other people make a lot of money too. And so during that time, you know, I, I ended up starting, I think I have 11 businesses now, a number of them, seven figure businesses, all kind of in that real estate or synergistic space to real estate. And yeah, that's what we're doing. And so what was that really big moment where you realized there was a, a missing piece that you could fill? What do you mean? Can you rephrase that? Oh, yes. So how you recognize that there was going to be a lot of deals on the tables, like when did you actually realize that? And how did you <coughs> recognize that there were deals left on the table that, and you would be able to fill that void to be able to utilize it and turn it for profit? Well, yeah. So the process was this. So my real estate team, first year I grew like crazy. And then the, between the second, I think it was between the second and the third year, I felt like I was working so much harder, but only getting a little bit better. 
And I was listening to a lot of podcasts and there's a guy that was kind of like a mentor that I'd never met at the time. Now we've actually gotten to be friends, but uh, he had said that he had the same situation happen to him. And he had a mentor of his say to him, okay, here's the deal. You've got to stop focusing on how to get the next one deal, but you as the head of the company need to figure out how to get the next five deals. And this was in the retail space, right? And so I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, where could I go with to find five deals with one relationship or 50 deals with one relationship? And I was like, well, builders are one and investors are the other. And for me personally, since I came from the investor world, I was like, well, investors be great. Well, what's a pain point for investors where we can make money together? And so what I realized was the pain point for investors was the fact that that I personally knew that investors are spending thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars every single month to get people to raise their hand and say, yes, I want to sell my house. and I'm willing to sell at a slight discount. But if you get 20 people that raise their hand and say, yes, I'm going to sell my house. And only maybe four of them are willing to sell at 65 cents on the dollar. And maybe you're going to lock up one of those four. And so that to me, I'm like, okay, what about those other 19? Somebody's going to get paid. It's just not you. Every time the phone rings, somebody should get paid. And so that was where I realized, I'm like, man, I could go into some of these wholesalers and help them monetize those other 19 deals. And so then we started building that out. And actually, I'll just tell you that the group that I went to, that I started building a relationship with, we were averaging, we're averaging sending them over $60,000 every month on leads that were literally sitting in their, like 60,000 a month on leads that were sitting in their database, just dying. And so how are you accessing those leads and how are you able to pull them? Well, what I do is because I do both the investment side and the retail side, I come from the retail angle on this. And I just go to, let's say you're a wholesaler, right? Maybe you get a hundred leads a month. Well, and, and maybe out of the hundred leads a month, maybe you close three or four deals a month. What happens to the other 95 deals? What happens to the other 96 people that raise their hand? So I go to you and I say, Eileen, would you mind giving me the deals that you're not going to be able to close? And there's a little bit more to it than that. But you give me your deals, I'll go close them. And then I'll give you a piece of of every deal that closes. Got it. And so from um, an investor standpoint, how do they come into play and how do they fit into this whole equation? Yeah. I mean, if you're an investor, you're paying for leads, you're bringing in leads. Maybe you're driving for dollars, right? So maybe you're not paying for them, but you're bringing in leads across the board. And so when you bring in leads, what happens is some of them are going to say yes. And some of them are going to say, I want to sell, but not at your price. And so what you're doing is you're just, you're taking all of these people that are going to sell and somebody's going to get paid for it and just monetizing it. You're making sure that every time you talk to somebody that's going to sell their house, you're going to get paid. That's the whole deal. Got it. And as you've been building up your business up until now, you know what has been like the major roadblock that you had faced? I mean, I think that every single level of business, you face different roadblocks. I mean, at the beginning, it always comes down to activity and skill, right? At the beginning, you just won't have skill. So you've got to increase your activity, right? There's a math equation that says rate times time equals distance. Well, when you're at the beginning, you don't have much time. You can increase your rate. If you talk to a thousand people every single day, I promise you're going to outperform somebody that talks to five people every day. And so that was the beginning. It was just talking to enough people, figuring out who to talk to. 
And then it goes to skill. How do you get better at what you're doing? And then the next road, like each time you level up, you see a new roadblock. There's actually a, a little catchphrase. I like cheesy catchphrases, right? And there's a catchphrase that says new levels, new devil. Like every time you get to a new level, you've got a new place to fix. And you always think, oh, if only I get, once I get here, I'll be good. Once I get here, I'll be good. But you get to the next level and yeah, you know, there's more money, the stuff goes better, all the other stuff, but your new levels, new devils. So then you get to that next level and then you got to learn how to build out uh, your business, right? You got to build out that org chart. You got to hire right. You got to hire in the right positions. You got to make sure you're holding them accountable. And so then you start building this infrastructure machine. So you ask like, what are some of the big roadblocks? I'll tell you, it just depends on when when you asked me what level I was at. At the very beginning, it was knowing who to talk to. And then once you figure out who to talk to, it was getting better at talking to them. And then once I got better at talking to them, it was how do I bring in the right people to take things off my plate that I shouldn't be doing? And what do you think has been the biggest contributor to your success? The biggest contributor to my success? I'll tell you, I massively into personal development. I, I'm fighting like crazy to grow. And the way I grow, and actually I had a, uh, I'm in a mastermind where we had to do a life map. And I drew out my life map where I was leveling up and where things were getting bigger and better, all the other stuff. And every single time I leveled up, it was always because there was a new relationship that came into my life. So I would say that's probably it. Like one of those things, I'm, I'm always fighting for new relationships, but I also, there's not a day that goes by that I don't spend at least an hour a day in personal development, at least an hour a day. I also take 10% of my income and I spend it on personal development, on going to conferences, on buying books, on uh, going, you know, joining masterminds, all of that other stuff. I spend well over $100,000 every year, well over it every year on, on personal development. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a big topic is the personal development side of things. It's like you're trying to develop yourself. And then as you grow your business or whatever your endeavor that you're working on will continue to grow alongside with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so was there any point in your career as you've been like growing your business? What is the biggest thing that had taken you to the next level? Like every time you plateaued and then you're looking to jump to the next level, what was that shift for you that enabled you to get to the next step? Yeah. The main thing for me is I always, always, always seeking out. I was always seeking out ways to, how do you level up or what are the things? So for me, every morning I have a morning routine. If I'm missing the question, refocus me, but every morning I have a morning routine. And normally I'll tell you just naturally I'd be a nighttime person, but you know, success leaves clues. And every time I read through books, every time I listen to somebody I respect, they always are early morning people. So I'm like, if success leaves clues, I'm going to do what, what they do. And also there's all these studies that just show we have more willpower to do those things that are hard in the mornings. And as the day goes on, we have less willpower and we do, we stop doing those things. Actually, one of my favorite little studies was they showed this office and in the morning they put out cookies and they put out vegetables. In the mornings, everybody was eating vegetables, right? They were eating like that good, healthy stuff. And in the evenings, man, they'd already gone through the whole day. Everyone's just housing cookies. Like, ah, you know, like, like that is what they're doing. And so you realize that if you put the important things in the morning where you have the best willpower, that's great. So my morning routine is this. I wake up in the morning, I write down my goals. I, I write down the things, my why to give me energy for stuff. I'm a Christian guy. I read my Bible every morning. I journal, you know, I pray for the people in my life, the people I care about. 
I then go downstairs. I, I work out. So I, I fed myself my why. I fed myself spiritually. I go downstairs and work out. I feed myself physically so that I get stronger and, and energized for the day. And while I'm doing that, I'm usually listening to like an audible book or a podcast, something that's going to make me better. So genius of the end, working out and growing your mind, right? It's like athletes warming up for the day, right? We're corporate athletes. We're getting ready to go out there. And then, then I go upstairs. You usually have some sort of breakfast with the family, talk about life goals with the kids, shower. While I'm in the shower, I have a Bluetooth speaker. I'm listening to something, getting me ready for the day. Have like a five-minute huddle with my wife about, about what's going on that day. And then I just jump into it with the team. We have a 9 a.m. call every you know five days a week. And I lead two or three of those every week. And then the rest of the days, you know, I'm still on those calls, but then I have the, the important things for me, the rocks that I need to move every day that I've got to get done in the mornings. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So what are you the most excited about right now and also in the future? Well, I love the fact, you know, my business has been leveling up like crazy. We've been making a lot of hires and I've been, for me personally, I have a sign in my office that says, are you in your genius zone, right? Are you in your genius zone? And so I've got my, the things that I believe are my genius zones. I've been making all of these hires where I'm able to, to get the things where maybe I'm good at, maybe I'm better than most people at but it's not my genius zone. And I'm able to get them off my plate so that I can do less of the things that I'm not good at. And, or maybe I'm good at it, but it's not my genius zone. It's not things that give me life and not things that are like where I am one of the best in the world at it and able to move over to that. And the cool thing with that is you give more other people opportunity, but you also level up and are able to do more higher dollar activity stuff and it's crazy how much more money you make when you're doing the things that you're the best in the world at. Yeah, absolutely. Where your focus goes, energy goes. Yeah, 100%. And so how has real estate investing impacted your life, Chris? Oh, man, in so many ways. I mean, literally, uh, 10 years ago, you know, I flipped all those houses. The money kind of ran out while I was doing ministry stuff. Literally 10 years ago, when I was in ministry, I was doing all these side jobs to, to just be able to make ends meet. I mean, I literally was trying to sell my blood to NIH for $300 by Christmas presents for my family. Wow. Right. And then, you know, since then, since we started, I guess what, four years after that really started running with the real estate team. It's like the total, I don't know how to say it without sounding douchey. It's just the opposite. Like it's just been very good. Absolutely. And so I'd also, because you also have children as well, Chris, I'd love to ask, how have you been able to balance building up your businesses, spending time with your children, spending time with your spouse, and also making sure that you yourself are being taken care of holistically? Yeah. You got to have coaches in your life, mentors. Like if you just have friends, a lot of times they're very nice, but the reality is 
they're not willing to beat you up and tell you the hard truths, right? The wounds of a friend are so much better than the kisses of an enemy. That's like a proverb that's so true. And so I have a coach in my life. One, he, like, I always joke that he's like an ab workout, you know, you hate it, but you love it, you know, kind of thing where like, it just kicks your butt all the time. And so I've got that going on for my family, working hard to be the one to be at events. It's what you decide to do. You know, nobody doesn't have time for things. It's, It's what you're choosing to spend your time on. And Will I say that I've been perfect? No, not at all. Like I've missed things that I shouldn't have missed. I've done things. I've been not present when I should be present. There's lots of places where I drop the ball. But on the other hand, I also work really, really hard to to not be that, to be around. And But it's it's a pendulum, right? Sometimes it's busier and you just run in and sometimes you're able to not do it. But the worst is when you choose, when you don't have to choose to be away from your family and you choose to just continue working, and so that's, that's one of those hard things, you know, where anybody who's an entrepreneur is we've got an addict personality. That, I mean, that's just the truth. We have these dopamine hits. We're uh, physiologically addicted to winning, really. That's what it is. And so it just pulls us and pulls us. And we just got to make a decision. How are we going to act? Are we going to do what's most important to us? Or are we going to do what makes us feel good right now? And, you know, oftentimes it's that. Now, don't get me wrong. For those that aren't doing business, Maybe you need to be away from your family a little bit more. Maybe you need to do that stuff where you're actually out there fighting for this stuff. But for those of us that just our natural bent is to always, always work, like the whole grind culture, you see it all over Facebook and Instagram. And I'll tell you, I do grind and I do work really hard, but the whole idea like that grinding is the most important thing. It's just not God family business has got to be the priority. And if it's not like that, then you know something in your life is going to break that you don't want to break. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Chris. Yeah. And so what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, man. I'll tell you, I would say get mentors faster. That would probably be the whole thing. Pay for... I was a cheapskate at first and I didn't pay for education. I like. I mean, it was so hard for me to pay $1,000 a month for coaching. I just did not want to do it. I, I mean, my wife just hated the fact that we were paying money for business coaching. $1,000 a month was a lot of money for us at the time. And and it took me way too long to get into that situation where I was actually doing that. But what I would say is, you know, you should pay for speed. That's the whole thing. Just think about it. If you're making, let's just say, let's say you're making $100,000, around $8,000 a month, eight to $9,000 a month, right? You're making hundred grand a year and you want to get to 200 grand a year. So you can either figure out how to get there on your own, which will take time, or you can pay somebody, even if you paid somebody 20 grand to double your income, is that a good ROI? Of course it is. Of course it is. But everybody's like, oh, I'll figure it out on my own. I'll figure it out on my own. It's just foolishness. I pay a lot of money to figure it out on your own. The wise, the wise person learns from others. That's humility. That's wisdom. The, the fool has to find out for themselves. The fool has to learn like the hard way. What's his name? Uh, Keith Cunningham in his book, The Road Less Stupid, calls it the stupid tax. And I think the reality is we pay the stupid tax when we're, when we're being cheapskates on, on having bringing people in, you know, hire the people that are going to teach you how to get there faster. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a mental shift when you're thinking about investing in yourself. 
because we think about investing in colleges and everything like that, we're able to spend that money for the education and setting up that foundation, which is wonderful. But when you start thinking about wanting to invest in yourself and your own personal development, it takes a little bit of a different mindset shift to get to that point when you're actually ready to do something like that. Yeah, 100%. But here's the other thing. It's not a hobby, right? Don't spend money to like learn and then not do anything with it. Yes. Only spend money if you're going to actually go out and, and do it, right? <laughs> yes. And so what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate? Winners just do it. It's not a lack of resources. I'll tell you what, I have spent so much time with people and and it's so much easier because I don't have a face in front of this profile. I'm a high D and I'm a high I, which means I'm, I'm very driven and decisive, but I'm also very, very much an extrovert. And so when I'm somebody's coming to me and talking to me and telling me about problems, I'm a lot more empathetic. But right now I'm just talking to anybody that's listening here. So I can say hard truths and not feel bad because I don't see somebody like that I'm hurting your feelings. So I'll tell you, I'm removing anything else from this, but it's time to get rid of it. Winners do it. Losers find excuses. Winners are resourceful. Losers say they don't have the resources. They don't have the time. They don't have the money. They, all of the other reasons. I mean, I'll tell you what, there are a thousand reasons why you can't, why you won't be successful in the world. But the reality is winners find a way to win. I don't care what, what economic income you grew up in. I don't care your gender. I don't care your race. I don't care your anything about any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. There are people that have come from similar situations as you that have succeeded. And at the end of the day, you just say, well, they've done it. So get rid of all the excuses because as soon as you're thinking excuses, you will never, ever win. As soon as you just say, you know what, I am going to win and losing is not an option. That's when you win. And you look around at like so many people that are winning and they come from so many different cool backgrounds. And that's what I love about looking around is like, it's the people that win just say, losing is not an option. I'm going to figure it out. It's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness and darn it. I'm going to be the most resourceful person that ever lived. I'm going to get it done. Absolutely. And that's totally on you as a person as well. It's like, you're responsible for your mental, what your actions are and how you're going to be able to get to that next step and what kind of mental state that you're in to be able to continue to push you forward. Yeah, there was a book that I read a while back. It was called A View from the Top. And and it was really interesting because it, it just talked about, you know, different classes and that, that it's very hard for people to break out of their class system because everybody, it, it's not quite like you see some of the, some countries with like these caste systems where you're stuck in those castes. But the reality is even in America where, where we're not in a caste system uh, like that, you still see that it's, it's hard to break out because you look around you and everybody else has the same habits, has the same, just the things that they're doing, the way they treat money, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, not saving money, not having somebody mentoring and showing them a better way. And the people that break out are the ones that like find somebody and say, you know what, this person can show me a better way. I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, that's that whole thing. I just, I look at it and, you know, as somebody that literally, I say this as somebody that, you know, 10 years ago was selling my, trying to sell my blood to buy Christmas presents to not that, because I feel like nobody worked harder than I did. I feel like nobody has educated themselves more than I have. I feel like nobody has like been paying that price 
like I have. And I say that saying, you know, not saying you can't do that or you're not doing it too. I'm saying that to say you should feel the same way that you're running harder than you ever thought. You're working harder than you ever thought. You're paying this price so that you can win in a way that you look back and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is, can't even believe I'm here. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and and everything that you're doing in this space. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. This is great to be here. And, and I'll tell you, if anybody wants to connect, if anybody wants to talk through any of this stuff, if you have dead leads, you can go to my website, chrisstraddick.com, and we can take a look at your business and see if there's a way to monetize those dead leads. There's a whole system where you can make a lot of money on those dead leads. For me personally, because I reached out to a lot of people and they were so generous with me and their time and energy, and they just gave me so much time. I want to be able to answer any questions. So on my Instagram at Crad Rock, which is C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K, not my last name, but an old cheesy high school nickname. Uh, anybody that DMs me, I'd work really hard to respond to it. And actually, it's funny. I won't be right away because I do have a list of people that have done it, but I promise you I will get to it and I'll respond to anybody. So if you have any questions, anything I can do to serve or help you, um, or you just want to reach out, feel free to send me a DM and I'll respond to any of those DMs. If you're a real estate agent and investor, I've got my podcast. I know that the average podcast listener listens to seven podcasts. So keep listening here, but I'd love to be one of your other seven, and uh, which is Uncommon Real Estate. And there's also a Facebook group, Uncommon Real Estate, where we can connect. So if that's something you want to connect on, please let me know. I really want to just give and serve and, and help other people just really start believing in themselves and start believing that no matter where you are today, it doesn't mean that's where you have to be tomorrow. Awesome. Thank you. And you can find all of those information in the show notes as well. We'll post it there. So Chris, thank you so much again. Hey, this has been great. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.